a lot of people are starting to change jobs. There's been a lot of layoffs lately, and people in the tech world are changing jobs. Uh, people in lots of different industries are, you know, maybe even going even on their own. The new rules require people to take a harder look at whether or not they should roll over their 401k. What should you be looking at if you're thinking about rolling over your 401k? Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The number one thing that's been going on in my world has been regarding 401k plans, believe it or not, people's retirement plans. You see, there was a new rule that was instituted back, I think, in July. It's called the Department of Labor Rule, the DOL Rule. And in this rule, advisors and fiduciaries, if you will, people that are responsible for helping giving advice to people on investing and financial planning, those fiduciaries are now required to analyze anytime somebody decides or thinks about rolling over a 401k or 403b plan, any kind of retirement plan. So under this, this rule, these are kind of related to what's called the ERISA rules, E-R-I-S-A. And the new rules require people to take a harder look at whether or not they should roll over their 401k. And some people are just simply rolling over one IRA to another IRA. So under this rule, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with this rule because on one hand, I agree that people should take a good, solid, hard look about whether or not any transaction for your plan makes sense. Uh, and then on the other hand, I feel like the rule is so vague that it's hard to know exactly how to handle meeting the requirements regulatory-wise, as well as giving good advice to people. So what I want to do today is talk a little bit about rolling over 401ks and IRAs and talk about the pluses and minuses of doing it and some of the considerations that you want to look at. It's really interesting because the, the 401k rule or the 401k uh, structure for retirement plans was really designed to help people save for themselves for their retirement and get a tax break. So people will put money into these retirement accounts and get a tax deduction typically off of their tax return. So that lowers their taxable income, they pay less in taxes. And then when you pull money out later down the line, later on in life as you retire, then you pay income tax on the amount that you pull out. Uh, then there was some required minimum distributions that were applied to it. And the, basically what is required is that once you reach a certain age, you have to take that money out. And, and there's a calculation in terms of how much you need to take out. Well, that age has changed quite a bit and it keeps getting extended more, more and more later in life. And the trade-off for that ability to defer paying taxes has been a mandatory increase in how fast you take the money out. So on one hand, the government is taking away or the IRS is taking away a benefit. And then on the other hand, they're adding a benefit. So 
end to end, as we look at it, most people will wind up paying more taxes faster because of the new rules. So this is leading people to want to make changes and really looking hard at their retirement accounts. A lot of people, and there's a huge trend in this, are rolling over or converting, I should say, some of their qualified tax-deferred 401k money into Roth IRAs. And some people are doing it through their 401k Roth, which can be advantageous. And the reason why people are doing this is because when they do it, they wind up paying less in taxes uh, over the long run, so the hope is. So the idea is when you put money into a Roth, you do not have to pay taxes on those earnings once you meet like a five-year rule. You don't have to take out, you don't have to pay taxes on that money, and that money grows tax-free. So that becomes very attractive for people. And people are thinking, wait, if tax rates go up, maybe I really want to have more money in Roth. Other people are looking at their situation and saying, look, I've been plowing all this money for years in my retirement accounts, and now the vast majority of my liquid net worth or my net worth that's not tied to my real estate or businesses, that is in, in um, retirement accounts. And when I start needing that money, I'm going to be paying a lot of taxes because all of that is taxed at the income tax rate, which for many people can be higher than the tax rate that you would get on capital gains. So people are saying, wait a minute, how much do I want to have in these accounts? And maybe we should be diversifying our tax structure. So that leads to this whole concept of tax diversification, where you know you don't want to have too much of your assets in one type of uh, tax structure. So it's better to have some money that you can access, especially for retirement income planning. You want to access some from tax-free sources. You want to also have some tax deferred. You also want to have just money that's taxable, that you're managing the taxes along the way. Maybe you're managing the, the capital gains so that you're maximizing long-term capital gains at a lower rate. And maybe you're buying in the bond portion, you might be buying tax-free bonds that you don't have to pay tax on the interest. There's also tax loss harvesting that you can do. And there's also some other methods that you could do where you could look at the lots that you're selling. So having that flexibility really helps. Some people even look at like life insurance policies that build up tax-free that they could take out. Other people are even looking at more interesting sources like uh, taking reverse mortgages and getting a line of credit and not really even using that line of credit, just putting the minimum balance, but letting that line of credit grow because those lines of credit on your house grow at the variable rate of the interest you don't have to use it, but that will grow. And I want to say now that rate is 7%, above 7% growth. And that's, a, that's money you can pull out that uh, is not tax. It's tax-free money that you can pull out from your home. So, and let's say the market is down, uh, then you can use that money for your retirement income that year, for example. And that could have a huge impact on your return over time, when I say return, I mean your, your income return. So if you're taking an income stream, it can have a big, big difference. I was just at a conference um, where Wade Fow, who we just recently uh, interviewed on our podcast, and if you haven't seen that episode with Wade Fow, 
uh, definitely uh, look right up here and click on that and uh, you'll see that you can go see that interview. Very good interview. But anyhow, getting back to this, this Wade Fow, uh conference, he showed some what's called sequence of return analysis, sequence of return analysis. And the idea is, is that if you do not have to pull money from your portfolios, when the actual markets are down, you extend the life of your portfolio uh, quite significantly. It could be a significant impact. And he showed various rolling rates of return and when that uh, it can impact your portfolio. And if, if you retire and you're unlucky and the markets are not as good right when you retire in early years in your retirement, that sequence of return risk can have a dramatic impact on how long your income will last, how much income you can take out of your portfolio over the long run. So if you have these other sources, like the reverse mortgage, a lot of people always say, you know, a reverse mortgage is a last resort type of a, a source. And actually, it really shouldn't be a last resort for some people because you, you don't have to necessarily use it. You just take the line of credit out, let it grow, and then that's a source that you can use. You could even pay, pay that back when your portfolio goes back up. Uh, I, I digress a little bit, but uh, I'm looking at this whole retirement uh, situation and getting back to the topic, which is really about the new Department of Labor rules and what that means for, for advising people. But more specifically, and when rubber meets the road, what should you be looking at if you're thinking about rolling over your 401k? Let's say you're changing jobs. So let's take a, take a look at some of the things that uh, you should look at. Number one, in a 401k plan, you do get more creditor protection for a larger dollar amount. You get creditor protection in an IRA as well, but not to the same degree as you would with a 401k. So that's something to consider. For most people, that's not something that matters as much, but it can be uh, an issue. Second thing you wanna look at is, uh, the fees. Sometimes the fees can be less if you leave it at your 401k plan than if you roll it over into an IRA. So what you'll want to do is you'll want to compare the fees of one versus the other. Now in a 401k plan, there are a lot of fees that people don't see, but they're there. There's basically three types of fees. There's plan administrative fees. And sometimes the company pays for some of that. Sometimes they don't but that's some, a fee that you want to look at. The vast majority of fees are typically investment fees in a 401k. Uh, so you want to know what those investment fees that you're paying. Uh, and then you have some other types of fees that have to do with uh, administrating the plan. So you want to look at these and you want to say, what is the total cost? I was looking at a study and we subscribed to this book called The Book of Averages or 401k Book of Averages. So in that book, they look at a bunch of different plans depending on how many employees there are, what type of plan it is, and look at like what are the average fees. And uh, recently I did a study in, for employees above 2,000, you know, for plans with employees above 2,000 their fees are on average something like between 48 or 0.48% and 0.7% around that neighborhood. 
So, and you know, of course, these numbers change depending on the year. I was looking at a 2022 book and the 2023 book is just now coming out. But, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. They think this is all free. It's not free. Now, a lot of plans will offer index funds that are really low cost. They might be 0.03% or 0.06%, something like that. Some of them may be a little bit higher. Uh, but again, what you're getting is the index. Some people would argue that's great. I want to have all my money indexed. Other people would say, I don't want to have all my money indexed. I want to have active management where we're able to manage risks and reward um, based on value and quality and things like that. So you want to look at what types of investments are in there. Now, in a 401k plan, usually what we're seeing is that there are some limitations in terms of the types of asset classes that you can invest in in a 401k. Typically, you'll see the traditional common asset classes like U.S. large cap stocks, uh, large cap value, large cap growth. You'll see mid caps, small caps in the U.S. And then you'll probably see a developed market international. And usually they're very, very broadly diversified. And there typically will be a money market. And then there'll also be like a intermediate term government bond or just an intermediate term blended bond that has government bonds as well as corporate bonds. And they tend to be very broad based. So you're going to get a kind of a, what I would consider a typical weighted uh, market cap weighted portfolio typically is what you're going to have options for in a 401k plan. Some 401k plans do mix it up a little bit more and they say, okay, you can actually get some real estate. You might even be able to get some commodities or some gold, but that's usually to a lesser degree. And sometimes emerging market stocks are involved that, were, that you can get that. So you want to know the breadth of diversification that you can actually invest in in your 401k plan. Now, one advantage to rolling over your, your 401k into a self-directed 401k like at a brokerage firm is that the asset classes that you have available to you are widened up significantly. You can go to lots of different types of investments and that could really help your diversification. And when you're going uh, to invest in the long term, you want to have optimal diversification so that you're getting a good rate of return and mitigating some risk. So you want to have that there. So you're, you're kind of sacrificing in many cases that in your 401k plan. plan. Now, some 401k plans have a self-directed option where you can invest in a brokerage firm like at Fidelity or Charles Schwab. And uh, we manage some accounts for like pilots and uh, other companies that have these plans. That can be good because then you have more flexibility because you can open up a brokerage account, but it's still in your 401k and then you could be more diversified. However, most of those plans, their administrators limit the asset classes that you can invest in, sometimes severely. Um, typically in the alternatives, the really low correlated asset classes. So the more plain vanilla it is, the more, more likely that you're gonna have that option in your 401k plan or 403b plan. Well, with that said, let's talk about some of the advantages to doing it and rolling it over. So let's say uh, you could roll it over to a managed account and then you broaden your 
your uh, abilities to go to different asset classes. That's a big plus. We already kind of talked about that. But another advantage could be is the services, right? There are different services that are provided. Some 401k plans will offer some planning services or retirement projections and things like that. Uh, you might go to a financial planning firm or financial advisory firm where you will get more comprehensive planning. So typically in the 401k plans, the advice they give you is kind of more geared towards the plan itself. But it's really critical for people to get holistic ideas about their plan where they're looking at all their assets and what is the best way to locate certain assets. So uh, one advantage that you get to working with more of an advisory firm that is helping you with more than just the 401k, like leaving it at the 401k, is that you could do strategies with your taxes. You could do Roth conversions. You could do, uh, you know, have some ability to be able to decide which assets make more sense to be in that particular plan in your IRAs or your deferred uh, tax deferred investments. And you can also look at like your order of withdrawals, which is a big, uh, big impact on your, your portfolio when you start taking money out. You see, when you start taking money out, everything gets more complicated than when you're building. When you're building, things are relatively simple. But when you start taking out, you have to look at all your sources. You have Social Security, you might have a pension, you have some maybe some real estate, maybe a business, and then you have all the other elements to your whole tax situation. And sometimes as you're ready to uh, get ready for retirement, you could really have a big improvement in your situation as you approach retirement if you start planning for it ahead of time. And that's a big part of what we do is we look at like, you know, maybe you're retiring in 10 years or something. And what are some of the ways that we can maximize what we do right now so that when I do retire, I'm going to have more uh, to spend and a better lifestyle, I'm going to pay less in taxes. Maybe my return can be improved. My diversification and risk could be better. And maybe my estate planning can be put in a scenario that makes more sense for me. So that's one of the things that to kind of look at, like leaving money in a 401k. And there's a, I think there's a big push to for people to leave money in their 401k plans. And I think on one hand, they're trying to keep people informed about what they're doing. And I agree with that because a lot of times you have certain types of, I don't know, maybe insurance agents or certain types of rogue brokers um, that will not act in the best interest of clients and do some things that hurt people when they roll out of their 401k plan. And we wanna avoid that. So this rule can help mitigate that. Um, but then on the other hand, there's there's a, a lot of other things. If you look at just fees, typically the fees are a little bit higher, could be a lot higher, but they're generally higher to have full advice on a an IRA because you're getting a lot of other services involved with it. Um, so you have to look at the cost benefit between the two. Like I said, the expense ratios are there. It's not free, so you want to look at that. And you want to know, what am I getting for doing that? Well, am I just going to be investing in a very plain vanilla uh, uh, stock and bond portfolio when I could do something that's more diversified? Um, am I going to have maybe not the optimal way to take my money out? So you want to look at the cost benefit of one versus the other. That's really the thing I wanted to talk about the most. There's, there's other little things that you can look at 
Um, you know, for example, in a 401k plan, you can take loans from a 401k, but you can't take loans from um, an IRA, usually. I guess you could say that's a benefit, but I will tell you, unless you're destitute, usually you don't want to borrow from your 401k plan. It's usually not a good idea. We could get into the whole math of it, but the math is generally not good for you. So if you have other sources available to you, that's not a benefit for a lot of people. In both cases, you keep tax deferral. You, you stay tax deferred whether you have it in your 401k plan or whether you roll it over to an IRA. I would say in many cases, for most people, rolling over does still make sense. If you've been thinking about retiring, if you're getting close to retiring, you know, keep that stuff that I was talking about in mind about what you could do right now to improve your situation. Analyzing that, taking steps forward in that direction, it could have a big positive impact on your lifestyle in the future. If you've been really cautious because you're worried about the markets right now, I would urge you to reconsider that and to think about scaling yourself into more investing, not to fall victim to fears that are driven by headlines. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope to see some of you soon in, the, in this year and uh, talk about various stuff going on in your world. This is Louis Giannis, WealthNet Investments, signing off, and we'll talk to you soon. The information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure.